Hi, good morning, and welcome to Tom Talks Movies. This morning, I am doing something quite incredulous. I am talking about Christmas movies in November. Um, don't blame that on me. That is the fault of Universal Studios, who released their latest film, Last Christmas, in November. Um, the film features Amelia Clark and Henry Golding uh, as the two sort of main leads in what appears from the outset to be sort of fluffy Christmas holiday rom-com, and you sort of get into the film and realise it's a little bit, it's a little bit deeper than that. Um, so. I'm going to be talking about that today. I'm going to be talking about uh, using that, uh, and it's an evaluation of the Christmas spirit it portrays as an opportunity to talk about uh, some other Christmas films, um, some of my favourites. Um, but let's start with Last Christmas, particularly. I'm going to start with sort of a non-spoiler review, um, and then move into some spoilers and heavy plot details because obviously it's a new release, um, and I imagine over the Christmas period, uh, when people actually get some time off, they might go and check this one out. Um, so, it, it the film does sort of struggle in the sense that it doesn't really have a plot. It, it does, but it's wafer thin. Um, the script is written by Emma Thompson, who um, over the last couple of years has become sort of um, a louder voice in the political climate, and it's uh, directed by Paul Feig, who um, has had some hits um, like Bridesmaids, um, uh, that really sort of famous uh, female, all female comedy with um, is it Kirsten Wig and Chris O'Dowd, um, I think so, um, and Melissa McCarthy. Um, but apart from that, I think he's almost regarded as a bit of a notorious hack fraud. Um, Ghostbusters 2016, the all-female reboot, um, was hideously reviewed, um, and he took a lot, a lot of flack for that one. Um, the film is super simple. Um, it has, as I sort of said, a wafer-thin plot, but that it, it's it's kind of harmless um, in terms of the point it's trying to portray. Um, I think a lot of sort of Christmas films they don't need to be heavy on plot. You sort of look at something like um, Love Actually, um, which is sort of another sort of British um, uh, romantic comedy, sort of uh, given the Christmas spirit. Um, but this one does it does have a strong message contained within that plot, and um, it is sort of quite a spoilery plot, uh, quite a spoilery message concerned within the plot. So. Uh, I'll just say it's a positive message, um, and it's sort of really fun. It doesn't, um, it does stick to the Christmas attitude of sort of forgiveness um, and happiness, joy, love, um, all those sort of things people want at this time of year. So, um, if 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 Christmas films have been something you enjoy in the past, I don't think this one's going to be anything. Um, Anything surprising for you, just an enjoyable hour and 40. It is, it is only an hour and 40. Um, loved that about it. Sort of watched it uh, on Sunday night at this local cinema and just had a, just sort of had a great time enjoying something for, for an hour and a half. Hour and a half. It, was, um, it was quite funny. Um, it was, as I sort of said, romantic comedy. It should, should have a couple of laughs in it and a thought. Um, Amelia Clark was the lead. She was on screen for almost every scene in the film. Um, and she has that sort of uh, kind of lovable nature about her. She's quite a popular figure at the moment. Um, sort of 
notoriously great smile and um, you can just you can almost tell um, that she had a great time on set recording this um, her mother in the film was played by Emma Thompson who wrote it um, and while she does do kind of a slightly weird character um, her character and sort of uh, Amelia Clark's family is traditionally from but well, they say former Yugoslavia which is weird because you would now refer to it as an actual country and then in like, the last five minutes they finally reveal it's Croatia like it's also kind of big surprise but um, it shouldn't have been that was weird um, but sort of they're from Croatia so Amelia Clark sort of has totally just ditched her accent they kind of pine it off as an attempt to sort of um, assimilate well into this culture but she, I think they said that she moved when she was like four, seven or eight um, at least there's a clip of her the film starts on uh, her in a choir um, in U- in Croatia in 1999 and she sort of looks sort of, I don't know, seven or eight there so you assume they sort of moved shortly after that um, the film is light on details and explanations such as that um, but she's great but I think the supporting cast is kind of what makes it. I think the funniest lines did come from Emma Thompson the mum um, although Emma Clark, Emilia Clark's already had um, some great one-liners too particularly um, in the first half of the film when you're just sort of getting a sense of who her character is her interacting with sort of some of her friends there's a sort of a repeating plot line where she keeps on getting kicked out of her house before like uh, or her accommodation issues before she starts to appreciate Christmas and get her life back on track um, and some of that some of that content's really good um, and what I meant by them having a great time on set is there's a number of scenes of just um, sort of Amelia Clark and her family and the supporting characters walking through the Christmas markets. There's sort of a lot of scenes around Covent Garden. That's where uh, Amelia Clark works in the film. Um, um, and it looks as if I know the markets are probably put up for the fake, like um, they're, they're fake. They're, they're put up for the film. They're not there yet when they were filming. Um, but having been to Congo in the past, they looked quite real, they looked authentic, and it looked like a lot of fun. Um, the film, it, I mean, it was it's a sort of pretty standard rom-com, so it was shot in pretty standard ways. A lot of comedy um, takes the, uses, utilises the wide-angle flat shot um, for comedic effect. Um, it's, sort of, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but... Um, if you acknowledged it or even googled it, um, I think you'd find plenty of great examples of how uh, very flat, wide shots um, allow characters to move through the frame well, um, and often give a sense of perspective that a sort of funny character is in the centre of the frame doing something ridiculous, and if it's got something in the background, uh, you can get good comedic effect from that. Um, but there was nothing jarring about the film; like it was as fun and as easy a ride as you could have imagined, until. Uh, the last like 15 minutes, which we'll get, is what I'm coming on to. We're approaching spoiler territory, um, and I actually I'm I'm going to do it. Um, the film has what should be a very predictable twist, and yet the twist still still shocked me into absolute oblivion with just how bad it was. Uh, so essentially. Uh, the film is called Last Christmas. George Michael's Last Christmas tune plays what I think I counted four times throughout the film. There's like three in the first 15 minutes as it started to drain on you quite heavily in that time. And then um, it leaves it for about an hour. And then there's a big revelation that the sort of character uh, Amelia Clark has been falling in love with 
is actually a ghost of um, a ghost of the man whose heart or who passed away last year and she had a heart transplant and she took his heart and now she feels as if he's part of him uh, so essentially the whole film is based on this one line um, in the George Michael tune and once you make that realisation I could I could get past it but I was just stunned by how awful it was because I'm both a terrible cynic and an irredeemable sap like that that 10 minutes following the twist as it sort of the film concludes my body was just waging a war between tears and like incredulous laughter because what you have to understand is they kind of they they don't build up to the twist because the ghostly character um feels doesn't feel real he's not grounded in the world so you know something's up with him he has bizarre character traits that aren't paid off in any sense that he has a weird trait of just dancing everywhere and it's not referenced either in the way he died or in a moment for Amelia Clark to need to dance it's not paid off in any sense um, so that's that's really weird um, and there's just a number of things where you go this character hasn't been explained or justified in any sense um, and you look back on it and go really the rom-com element the sort of romance side of it was probably the weakest part of the film actually I really enjoyed Amelia Clark's um, getting her life back together kind of story she just sort of started paying off her boss and like treating her boss better because she wasn't really focused on her job very much in the last year um, she was recovering from the surgery of the tra heart transplant which admittedly that is set up quite well because they talk about her being ill for a lot of the film and then there's a scene quite an emotional scene where she's sort of um, talking to uh, this love interest played by Henry Golding I think his name was Tom Webster but unimportant um, and they're sort of in his in his bedroom in his house together um, and she's making this grand revelation an emotional revelation about um, not feeling like herself after the heart transplant like she's sort of sharing a life like she's not in control of her own life and it is it's sort of I mean, I didn't get sort of emotional, but you sort of do feel like this character is real and um, sort of quite well written in that sense. Um, so, I don't know, elements of the plot are like really strong and elements of it are really weak. It's a tough, it's a tough call, but I think most audiences will really enjoy it. Um, I was just sort of shocked into silence about how, just how like some hack fraud screenwriter in Hollywood has gone listened to last christmas and got i'm gonna write an entire pic screenplay around this one line um and it's gonna make a decent amount of profit at the opening weekend box office and then no one is going to talk about it ever again um and it just again is another example of like hollywood executives being the worst people um i don't know um I'm, I'm happy that the film didn't come across as too um, virtue signalling. I think it could have gone down that avenue. Emma Thompson has been quite politically charged. Paul Fee is quite a politically charged comedian. Um, and they do talk about Brexit. Um, I don't think that's a problem. A lot of contemporary films 
and some of the most popular films ever have um, maybe not so blatantly but they've taken elements from the real world and made comment and made discussion on um, real life issues um, film is a medium to do that um, and I think the film dealt with it quite well um, it, it covered a lot of the sort of social issues we're facing in quite quick meaningful ways it didn't didn't rest on it didn't linger on it there was one really obvious kind of painful scene where they came out of nowhere I think uh, Emma Clark was like going home from work on the bus and there was an absolute parody of like a Brexiteer type um, young bald guy uh, in a tracksuit who sort of like started screaming at some uh, I don't know, it, well she's, they spoke the same language as Emma Clark so I assume Croatian people on the bus and sort of said like get out of here, get out of here, you're not from here, you don't live here, go home kind of rubbish um, and I think it seemed to well, it seemed to be a parody of I think those people don't really exist like it, it, it seemed as if it was based on some kind of Twitter parody of the whole Brexit issue that that was seemed quite quite childish and pathetic I know we're talking about a stupid British funny rom-com here um, uh, and it's not as if Love Actually and Hugh Grant playing play the Prime Minister and that is politically charged or uh, well thought out or real in any sense but like this one um, felt very kind of poorly handled um, but it is what less than a two minute scene so if that ruins the film for you then I think you need to reevaluate what's going on in your life perhaps um, I, I th I'm not going to bother sort of recommending or non not recommending this one um, people will either see it or they won't um, I think the critics have been harsh on it there's a lot of um, a lot of people just saying it's outright tosh um, Mark Commode the uh, sort of well-known BBC uh, and Radio 5 uh, film critic also writes to The Guardian um, he said he was in like tears of disappointment because he loves Emma Thompson but just thought this was utter rubbish and I thought well someone's very invested in the film I don't know um, but if you're going to go and see it maybe have a drink beforehand <laughs> that would, uh, you'd definitely enjoy it uh, quite a lot more I don't know um, but the Christmas spirit here I think is appreciated talking about the, the twist now getting that out of the way there was maybe a hint that the message was like be a donor, donors are good um, and I think that's quite a positive message it's a bit of a new spin on your sort of either run of the mill Christmas film or run of the mill rom-com um, but there also just was a sense that uh, Christmas is sort of a good time to tell the people you love in your life that you love them um, the, sort of how to appreciate people, how to appreciate life um, and I enjoyed all that stuff um, uh, I think it's sort of beneficial to try and find the sort of positives uh, in life and people seem to do that around Christmas so um, right on with them and um, some of the best um, Christmas films do that I think my the biggest Christmas film in the world is probably um, Home Alone I think that's what everyone thinks of first um, and that film obviously uh, also sort of doesn't follow the run of the mill uh, Christmas film uh, attitude um, t 
totally. Um, I think the emotional core of that film is between Kevin McAllister and his mum and his mum coming home and being so desperate to see him. I think all that stuff is beautifully done. Um, and then you think about just all the side characters in the film. Um, uh, his cousins who are like really mean to him and uh, early on and they sort of like uh, Kevin peed the bed and uh, he's sort of upstairs and uh, has to be sleep upstairs uh, and then it's forgotten and all that stuff and it's totally well shot the energy intensity is the high the whole time um, and the ending is superb when he when he sort of when his mum finds him at home and he plays it off like nothing's happened and um, yeah love that film because we watched I mean I probably have watched it every single year for oh, I mean, at least the last 10 maybe more um, if by some miracle you haven't seen Home Alone and its sequels, I'd say two and Home Alone two and three are probably worth the watch. From then on, probably just leave it. Um, but no, um, if you haven't seen Home Alone, get on it. I don't know what you're doing. Um, it's going to cheer you up this Christmas. Um, but I'm going to talk about something now that I would say is probably underappreciated, um, underseen, and uh, maybe has a it does have a more basic approach with the Christmas story. Um, but needs to be seen by everyone, and that's the animated feature after Christmas. Um, it follows the family of Santa and uh, how they uh, sort of comes up with a funny technical approach of how Santa, the concept of Santa is feasible, and how he could deliver presents to all the kids across the whole world in one night. Um, so he's got thousands of elves in a massive spaceship instead of a sleigh. Um, and sort of plays on the history of there's a grand Santa like Santa's dad and then the Santa's got two sons one of which I think is Stuart but I'm no that I don't know uh, but the other son is Arthur uh, Arthur Christmas um, and this is a guy who loves Christmas more than anything um, but is clumsy unappreciated um, considered a bit of a disappointment in the family and um the story follows him as he tries to deliver the final present to one girl who by some technical mishap um has been missed out on christmas and he can bear the thought of one one child being missed out this christmas um so there's a beautiful little sort of plot with varying different characters grand santa is uh sort of using arthur to benefit um he's trying to show off to his son that he doesn't need all this technical rubbish his sleigh and his um uh, reindeer will get the job done arthur just wants to deliver the uh, the present to this uh, little girl uh, and the film ends beautifully on sort of um arthur actually being appreciated and he um beats his not beats because it's not of like competition but um re santa his dad uh, changes the expected line of succession and says actually his firstborn son the technical guy who helps him run the operation doesn't not doesn't deserve to be Santa but isn't Santa in the sense doesn't appreciate Christmas as much as Arthur um, and they do successfully deliver the present uh, as a team all four of the main characters um, and the film is just the most hopeful uh, joyous little bit of cinema um and if you haven't seen after christmas um i would which which day would i recommend maybe is it 
is it a Christmas Eve type? I'd say probably pre-Christmas. Um, really get your hype up, feeling good. I think there's a bit of a culture where sort of once you pass Boxing Day, everyone's sort of scared of going back to work and they're thinking about New Year's. So uh, get this one out of the way before Christmas um, and really enjoy it. Um, so I'd say, and then that's my favourite, like, kiddie style uh, film. Maybe, okay, not kiddie, but perhaps for a younger audience. Um, and then in the last couple of years, um, along with my sister, who seems to absolutely love this film endlessly, um, Love Actually is a, would you say cult classic? I don't know, but um, the the level to which people take this film uh, is hilarious and the film itself is hilarious um, it, it's a bizarre amalgamation of lots of different character pro- plot lines where there's sort of an interlinking story with um, Hugh Grant plays the Prime Minister of the UK his sister is Emma Thompson who's friends with Liam Neeson whose wife has just passed away and his son uh, is depressed because he's in his very young son played by Thomas Brody Sangster is depressed because he's in love with a girl in his school uh, and Colin Firth's just being cheated on and uh, Alan Rickman is being tempted away from his wife Emma Thompson by a sort of seductress at work and um, the film doesn't present a positive attitude on life but through the use of comedy and the Christmas spirit I think um, something about it the resolution you get at the end is a ginormous payoff and even if the plot lines and the way they conclude doesn't feel particularly real to life um, or realistic um, there's something about the um, way it's executed that is so honest and well not honest it's just funny basically the film is funny you have um bill nye play a ex-heroin addict singer who's trying to get a number one christmas hit um and he's sort of doing different marketing um avenues he's sort of going on the radio um and sort of saying yeah the old stuff is much better this new rubbish uh, is not even worth it and it's slightly meta in that sense but um that's not what people are appreciating it on um it's just one of those films that I mean everyone's probably seen once um, and I've watched many 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 too many times I could probably recite most lines of it to you uh, I won't waste your time on that one but um, I'd say those probably are my top three favourite Christmas films I'd go Home Alone I'd go um, After Christmas I'd go Love Actually and then follow it on with um, the other Home Alone sequels I think um there is constant conversation on what dedic- uh, what criteria makes a Christmas film. Is Die Hard a Christmas film? Um, I mean, I'm not going to offer an answer. Actually, I'm going to offer an answer. Probably not. I don't think you can warrant a film taking place at Christmas being Christmas. It's got to have probably some kind of positive message to, to spread. Um, uh, which all my films do. Um, and... I think 
enjoying a sort of film at Christmas is one of the favourite things to do. There's always a lot of good Christmas TV on, so if any of those come up on the schedule on BBC or RTV Film 4, um, give them a watch. Um, I would say... Um, that's about all my thoughts on sort of the Christmas films this year. Last Christmas, really enjoyed it. Um, go and see it. It's totally easy. Um, I wouldn't spend... If your local cinema's a bit pricey, maybe wait for it to come out on DVD next year and it's a good stocking stuffer or something. Um, but my local Odeon, it was only 4 75 for a ticket. What, what a bargain. Um, but I've got sort of plans for the next two weeks' shows. I know we're approaching the end of um, 2019. So... At some point, I'll do a big uh, end of decade episode um, in which uh, I might actually talk to some of my friends and try and uh, get their picks for favourite um, favorite films in the last 10 years and sort of do a little think piece on maybe why they're right, maybe why they're wrong. Um, we'll see in some of my favourites and some of what the critics um, have said are the best and if I've even seen them. Um, but cheers, thanks for listening. Um, go and see Last Christmas. <laughs>